Hello, 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 and welcome back to Roll Dogs. Welcome back. Right, and we've been pretty busy, I feel we like. We have. We took a week off. We took a week off, um, and we've just been ribbon and running. I don't, I, you know, I was really trying to get us to you know, stay on track, but hey, when you are busy, you are busy. Listen, <laughs> you booked. You was booked. You want to tell the people what, what you had going on? You know what? It was a birthday that came up. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Do you want yeah. to get into the birthday? Yeah, sure. So um, the love of my life had a um, birthday party. And so we were extremely consumed with that. It was Oscar themed. You look great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I try to I try to put it together because on most occasions I look like I fell out of the closet. Yes. You on most occasions you definitely look like you're dressed for like two different events. That's enough. Yeah. Okay. Continue on. <laughs> so he had an Oscar themed uh, 35th uh, birthday party. Um, everybody looked great. So that was just extremely time consuming. So we didn't record. And then you had other things going on, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you were also, it was another birthday right after. Yes. And then we had another friend. Yes. Um, she had her birthday as well. So we were able to celebrate with her. Um, we had a really great um, time. She had an Airbnb here in Dallas. Um, we had a really great time. We met all of her friends. They were extremely cool. Um, we actually went to the same university, so I was able to oh, yeah. uh, meet some of her sorority sisters and things of that nature. So it was it was fun. Which I hate that I missed because I actually had family come in on that same weekend. So I was busy with that. And, you know, we've just been all over the place, but we are finally here to have another episode. We are, and I'm extremely excited about it. And there's been this question that has just been kind of like, burning in my brain um and i know you're over 30 i'm not there yet but i'm getting there um okay however you know i feel like waiting to exhale is kind of like one of the um kind of like the you know uh one of the those movies where all of gay men Straight men, too. I'm not gay straight, but it's kind of like the pinnacle for gay people, right? You get a lot of quotes from there, a lot of iconic movies, The Waiting to Exhale movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you that aren't familiar with The Waiting to Exhale movie, you probably should be listening to this podcast because you're not a bitch that I will fuck with. (laughs) Uh, However, um, it was a movie that was released in 1995. Um, Forrest Whitaker directed it. Terry McMillan um, wrote it, uh, I'm assuming, yes, and it was with the late, great Whitney Houston, the amazing Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine, um, Lila Roshan, so it was just kind of like a star-studded cast. Of course, yeah. And then you had the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, right? And so, of course, we had Whitney. We had Baby Brandy. We had TLC. We had Mary J. We had all of these really great um, individuals there. So my question to you is, which one is better? The Waiting to Exhale movie or the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack? I feel like they're both good. That's not what I asked. But a lot of the music that's on the soundtrack is in the movie. 
So, I mean, you're getting the best of both worlds while also getting the visual story along with it. With the soundtrack, that's all you got. Hmm. Interesting. Bam. I feel like the soundtrack is better. Why do you feel like the soundtrack is better? Because the soundtrack gave you... It was just a lot of variety. Not saying that the movie didn't give you that as well, but I think the soundtrack kind of tapped into um, like the grand scheme of things as far as dealing with like women, dealing with dating. Like you had the views from like younger people. So you had, you know, Brandy was sitting up in my room and you had, um, uh, you know, Tony Braxton with Let It Flow. You had TLC, some like the younger girls. And then it segued into Whitney, who was kind of like middle age at that time. And, you know, um, she had exhale, shoot, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then you had Aretha with It Hurts Like Hell. So you, you had like all of the heavy hitters in all different kind of like age ranges. And I felt like that I feel like without the soundtrack, the movie wouldn't be as good as it was. Really? But if you took the movie away from the soundtrack, the soundtrack would still be good. I mean, you are technically right. Obviously, like the music is going to have an influence regardless of whether or not the movie is there. Mm -hmm. But the movie is a full package. Like, I feel like, I mean, if we think about it now, you are correct. Even if we put um, Beyonce's latest album in there. I mean, her album, Top to Bottom, is purely amazing. And honestly, you could do without the music video and just be able to live off the music. So, I mean, you are right there. But in this instance, just like that actual visual and be able to take you back to that time when, when the movie was like really active back in 19, what, 1995. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it just makes that connection for me. Yeah. Okay, so that was just something that was on my mind, and that's one of the things that we're going to do is kind of, like, highlight these monumental moments, you know, like, in gay history. So it won't be the same question every time, it won't be the same type of question, rather. Um, but, you know, this movie, this soundtrack, you know, it was the soundtrack to a lot of um, queer individuals' lives growing up. They had, uh, they could kind of, like, feel this soundtrack on a different level. Um, and then I think the movie was cool, too. So I just wanted to ask that question before we got to the, you know, meats and potatoes of the podcast. Which, honestly, we have a long list of things yeah. since it's been a week uh, in our Guess What section um, that we definitely want to go over. I don't know if you remember uh, this happened, I think it was last week or the week before, where um, President Biden had an interview with 60 Minutes where he kind of talked about the pandemic and kind of said that the pandemic was over, although White House officials had to kind of come up right behind him and was like, no, 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 mm -hmm. not quite. <laughs> so how do you feel about that and saying like the pandemic is over? Do you feel like things have kind of gotten back to where they were before or somewhat? I mean, here in Dallas, things are moving and shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Things have a lot of things are open. There's no real mandate for like masks. Um, there's, you know. Basically, jobs are saying, like, if you get COVID, okay, see you tomorrow. Exactly, you know, yeah. Like, you, you can still come in. You can still function. You can still work. Um, I don't like um, our president saying that it's over. I feel like it's extremely kind of, like, insensitive to the individuals that may catch COVID. 
um, after that, which I'm sure there's, you know, maybe thousands of people that have caught COVID since after he said that. Right. You know, and then to the individuals whose families um, are still looking for closure because this pandemic kind of took a lot of great people away from them relatively quickly. Um, so I think it's coming out and like, oh, yeah, it's over as if it was, you know, not something small, but as if it's like this grand gesture of saying that. I don't think that that was appropriate. Um, but I also don't want the um, Secret Service knocking at my door. <laughs> so if Biden feels that way, I'll let him have it. I feel like so the thing is, I feel like we made great strides in trying to eradicate it. So everyone there were a lot of people that did their part to get vaccinated and stuff like that, keep up with the vaccinations, even though it was a great other side that was very much against it. Um, And, and, you know, you're you're noticing that still, you know, people are still getting COVID as of now. And as we go into the colder months, you know, in the kind of flu season, I I could definitely see it picking back up again, which I've noticed a little bit here and there. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's over. It might've went into remission a little bit uh, during the summer months, but, I could definitely see it picking back up. So it's just something that maybe this is something that's going to end up being yearly. Who knows? It's already been, what, two years in this already? Yes, two years. And people are still trying to put their lives together and bounce back from that. Um, and, And speaking of, you know, bouncing back, we definitely want to... um I hate saying this. I hate when people say this, but we definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers to those individuals um, that are in Florida that's going to be affected um, by Hurricane Ian. Ian? Ian. I think it's Ian. But I like Ian. Ian sounds like more classier. But this is a hurricane that we're talking about. I'm talking about just the name, not attached to the hurricane. So you would name your baby Ian? Yeah, like Ian. I'm sorry, say that again? Ian. I'm not coming to that baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed that bitch because you ain't gonna bring it anyway. So, but anyways, no, seriously. Um, so this hurricane um, just recently hit Central Florida, um, Category Four. Um, they say the winds were um, around 150 miles per hour as it hit um, like uh, Fort Myers. I think that's the um, what we've been seeing a lot of the footage on Twitter of, you know, just the waters being so high. And then there was this really, really scary photo uh, of in Tampa Bay where there's where the water was supposed to be. Like, there was yeah. nothing there. You know, like, so that that's scary. It really is. That's extremely scary. It really is. And it's, it's you know, you want to be able to send support. So, I mean, I would definitely just keep eyes open for any type of support that you can send if you have that availability. Because it sounds like it's going to be really hard for everyone that's in that area who has not been able to evacuate as soon as possible. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a really scary thing. Hurricanes are scary. But you know what I realized today, friend? What? When I think about a hurricane, I envision a tornado. Like, I know, ain't that, that's so crazy. But no, it makes but, sense, right? I thought that... And, and uh, a hurricane, just a tornado on water? No, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. I don't okay. want to say that because I don't think that's true. But, you know, like, I like. <laughs> I watched Twister and I could have swore that's what they said. <laughs> but Twister is not. Twister was on land. It was, but I could have swore that's the definition that they said in the of movie a of a hurricane. 
But see, in a tornado, they don't have, well, okay. Because if you look at them, if you ever look at like maps where they're talking about a hurricane, the hurricane is spinning. Yeah, and it looks like a tornado, right? So basically, it's like a tornado that's like moonwalking on water. Yeah, um, but that's that's just kind of one thing that I, I thought about earlier today. Uh, and we're not making light of the situation, of course. Of uh, course. Because we want everybody to be as safe as possible. But I do want to say two things. I don't, number one, I don't see how people can live in places that consistently have hurricane. Uh, yeah, uh, hurricane. I'm thinking about the tornado um, that have hurricanes year in and year out. That to me would have my anxiety just on ten. I don't see how they're able to do that year in and year out. And then number two, I don't see how people don't have an evacuation plan. I don't want to come off as elitist or come off as insensitive. I understand that it takes a lot um, of time, energy, uh, money, and effort to to evacuate. But if I'm staying there, I'm going to have a plan just in case. You know, if the hurricane is coming from the east, I know where in the west I'm going to go. If it's coming in, vice versa. You know, I don't understand those individuals that's like, I'm going to ride it out. And they see the damage that it caused or they see uh, the damage that previous hurricanes, rather, have caused to different areas. And they're just like, no, I'm going to just stay. Well, I guess it's more or less if you were able to survive a hurricane prior then I can understand, like, okay, well, I'm just going to wait it out, see how it goes. Because a lot of times hurricanes may, you know, come very close to the coast, but they don't actually come inward enough to be able to cause a lot of damage, um, at least in history-wise. But I know that storms recently have gotten a lot worse with things that like climate change. Mm-hmm. So, and, and another part of why people don't, for at least from what I've heard, a lot of people, why they don't move or, you know, stay in those areas is mainly because that's where their livelihood is. That's where the culture that they grew up in. I mean, that's why people stay in like Tornado Alley. That's why people stay in California, even though there's like earthquakes and stuff like that. It, it's mainly like if that's where you were always born and that's where you find your peace, your happiness, it, it might be like, hey, I'm going to write it out regardless of what's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't stay there but i understand why other people definitely love it yeah well okay so thoughts we definitely are thinking about you know those individuals that are going to be um affected by this we pray um that everybody is you know safe everybody is has found shelter um and that next week we are able to give an update um, there's going to be plenty of damage, but hopefully there's not going to be a lot of human lives lost. Of course. Lives lost. Yeah. We definitely want people to be safe. And I hope that, you know, this is the moment to really cherish with loved ones yeah. in a safe place. Absolutely. And speaking of cherishing, you know, love gifts, uh, Beyonce no. gifted celebs. Obviously, we're moving to a little bit of a lighter note. Beyonce gifted uh, certain celebs her Renaissance album. Um, with a vinyl and a personal message, which is like so dope when you could actually have the artist say, hey, I like you and I fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Here's a personal gift that I've handwritten. Now, would, would you like this type of uh, type of gift from Beyonce? I mean, obviously. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm just going to check my mailbox to see if I missed out on the signed vinyl because clearly Beyonce knows me. Um <laughs> But I definitely think it's really cool. And I think like when when things come from 
I, you know, of course, I'm not an artist, right? Like, I, I well, I am. <laughs> and I'm sensitive about my shit. But I think, you know, being an individual that's in the entertainment industry, right, when you have somebody like Beyonce that acknowledges you, just with a simple, you know, vinyl, things of that nature with, like, a handwritten note, that has to feel amazing. Right. Because Beyonce is, like, Beyonce. You know, so I feel like it, it definitely is something where it's like, yo, she acknowledged me. She sees that I'm working. She sees that I'm grinding. I mean, it's kind of like a small, it's like uh, each one teach one, you know, right. like giving back to the community, that type of thing. Like, I would honestly say it would be comparable to like getting something from Michael Jackson during his prime. Mm-hmm. Having a, like a handwritten note with his like latest album or something like that or latest final. I mean, that would be something you would honestly cherish for the rest of your life. Yes. Absolutely. Just because of where they are and the status of that person. So I think it's really dope that, you know, Beyonce has done this and reached out to certain people. And it, it, it's, you can see the excitement. Like I saw um, Megan Thee Stallion when she got hers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, so many people have been doubting her status in the game. When, but when you get something like that from Beyonce, I mean, you're validated. Yeah. That means like, hey, I see you. I see the work that you're putting in. You know, keep it up. Absolutely. And speaking of keeping up with folks and mm-hmm. the type of things going on out in the street, I'm sure you've heard of August, um, I think it's Alcina, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tory Lanez. He who, he who shall not be named Tory Lanez. Um, he just named him. I know. I know. <laughs> um, he really irks me. Like, I will square up with Tory Lanez. So, okay, so I know that he is a producer, and back in the day, I was really big into his music, you know, when it first came out, um, you know, he was doing covers of certain songs, stuff like that, but all the recent stuff has really put me off of him as a person, and every time something comes out, it just drops him lower and lower and lower, like right now, I just don't give a fuck, just don't care. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's, I think, because we, I think, like, because we're of a certain age, we're used to our male R&B singers, like, singing and not really having, like, that much drama. Like, Michael had a little drama. Well, he had a lot of drama. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, it was more so focused on the music. It wasn't, like, self-inflicted wounds, but I feel like Tory Lanez, if you think back at the beginning of the pandemic, he was one of like the most watched and most entertaining people on Instagram. Like he had the whole talk show podcast type thing. A lot of people were tuning in. Um, and then whatever you know happened um, with Megan when he allegedly shot her, which I'm you know I shout out to Megan. I believe you, girl. If don't nobody else do, I I believe you. I support you, Queen. Like. Yeah, but I have to say allegedly because I don't want, you know, I'm I'm small time. We just starting this out. But I will beat the shit out of Tory Lanez. Like that that's 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 on my mama and Hey, let's do it. Like I will fight him. <laughs> and then I think like with the the video of with August um, and Tory, I know August has a, a bunch of health issues and him and Tory Lanez have a history of, you know, not being relatively like close. And being kind of like chippy and, and chatty towards each other in the media. So when Tori went to, you know, kind of like give him that, I kind of feel August like 
bitch, if I don't fuck with you, I'm not going to be fake. Like, I don't yeah. have to be fake about it. I mean, so it sounds like it was more on Tory's side. Like, yeah. Tory was saying stuff about him in the media, and August wasn't really retaliating in that way. So it was just like when you see someone and you like try to dap them up. I guess I saw the video and like Terry reached out his, his hand and was like mm-hmm. trying to dap him up. And August just looked at it like, bitch, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Nah. But and, and I get it. Cause I mean, it's just like I'm not a fake, I'm not a fake motherfucker. Like, right. we ain't gotta fake the funk. No, we not cool. I don't wanna dap you up. This ain't a photo op. Yeah, like no. And then with the bad press that Tori has as well, I kind of understand why artists don't want to be associated with him like you're a walking black cloud. Like you're in the news in the media for all of the wrong things, you know? Um and then I just don't yeah. So I, that's that's pretty much all that I want to say about that guy. And like I said, Megan, um you are fully so me and my road dog, we really, we really, really support you. We love you, um, everything about you. Um, I can only imagine what she's going through. Um, so I want to spend less time talking about him and uplifting um, her and August because nobody deserves to be um, disrespected and have their, you know, personal space. Right. Um, kind of, you know, disrespected. Right. Um, speaking of disrespect. Ari Lennox, um, who is an R&B artist, if you are not familiar with Ari Lennox, she is signed with J. Cole. um, And she just released her uh, ASL album, which is a sex location. Kind of like a nod to throw back to, you know, the first AOL, you know, like, what's your age? You know, what's your sex? Where you located? That type of thing. Um, she just released her um, album uh, not too long ago, and although it had rave reviews, like Rolling Stone gave it four out of five stars. Wait, 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 wait. Do you know how wild that is? What the <laughs> with her chat room? So you had to be like, "What's your age?" I know. Location? Like, like I just thought of that. You're like, in, like a chat room with. I don't know about you, but I was lying. <laughs> I, was, I was lying. I'm like 22. We and were definitely uh, young enough. Yes. Like, not supposed to be on that damn chat. No, you're not. Talk about some ASL. We definitely were not supposed to be in, no. in no. there at all. Um, <laughs> but back to Ari Lennox. Right, back to Ari. <laughs> back to Ari. So, um, she just released her album. Um, like I said, like Rolling Stone gave it four out of five stars. Um, Pitchfork gave it four. I mean, all music gave it like four and a half stars. Like rave reviews, right? However, it debuted on the Billboard um, 200, like the album chart at 69. Mm. Um, and so I'm a little bit, you know, when people say like, is R&B dead? You know, that type of... Um, stuff like you've heard her first single, yeah. Uh, but it's only one goofy nigga saying R and B is dead, right? Yeah, very true, very <laughs> true. Um, but I just I don't understand. She put out now. I I know a lot of her fans are saying that her um, Shea Butter um, album, her first album, you know, was a lot better, uh, or you know, in their opinion. However. I feel like this album, and I, I really wanted to talk about this because I'm a like R&B like 
junkie. I love R&B music. And I love Ari Lennox. Um, I think Ari, though, she should she should not stop with singing because she's very, very good at it. But she has a personality and some of her thoughts. She just has like this. She's naturally funny. Right. Like she's a naturally funny gal. Um, so I can see her getting into, you know, like acting and uh, comedic roles and stuff like that. Or maybe even having her own little podcast. I love to be a guest on Ari show. I could see that. I could totally see that. Or even her going like the route of Jill Scott. So Jill Scott still does a lot of music, but she's also like a phenomenal actress. When you actually yeah. look at like the work that she's done. Yeah. Like, there, I mean, there's some musicians that have tried to transition over and then there's something that did really good. <laughs> so, I mean, you have, like, Queen Latifah, LL Cool J, and, of course, um, Ari Lynx, I feel like she would also do good in that field. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I'm not telling her to, you know, step out the studio anytime soon because this album is good. I, she has a stretch um, from, I want to say, I, I'll be honest, um, her second single, Hoodie, it's good, but there's other songs on the album that's so much better. Um, my favorite song on the album is Boy Vibe with Lucky Day. Um, and this is a song that kind of features her like comedic time. And they like they're singing in a song, but in the background, they're kind of like talking to each other and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and so it's like really cute. And she tells him like Boy Vibe, like, you know, the lines that you use in like They Belong in, ni- they belong in 1995 and stuff like that. <laughs> And he like, well, why you working me? You know, and then she tell him, I'm giving the song away, but y'all should go listen to it. But she tells him like, you know, um, just like the Nikes, you know, like the lines belong, those lines, the pickup lines he's trying to use belongs in 1995, just like the Nikes. And he had to know to tell her like, you being hard on me, but your shoes too small. Your toes is busting out uh-huh. those lines. That was her reaction. <laughs> like her reaction was like, oh. Like, no. And it's like one of those moments where it's just so genuine. It's so fun. Like, you forget you're listening to an R&B record and it's like, you're watching like a movie and it's like a song playing in the background. You know? Like, I I absolutely love that. And then the song right after Stop By, Banger. And then she has a song with Chloe that's called Leak It. I'll leave it to your imagination about what you think what it's about. Um, and Chloe does her thing. Uh, Chloe definitely sounds amazing. Ari sounds amazing. Um, you said leak it or leaking? Leak it. Leak it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure because you said use your imagination and my imagination. Right, but it's, it's the same thing. It, what you thinking, that's what leak it is, is talking about. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's one of them songs. And I, I was like, you know what? Okay, okay. come on, Drippy Pipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so I haven't actually listened to the album, but this is convincing wow. me for sure. Yes. So take a listen. Definitely, definitely do it because I, I want you to. Because um, I, I I hate it when people say like, oh, you know, there's no good R and B music out. There's no good soul for like nothing makes me feel. And I'm like, she's singing like, and she's singing about things. You know, right. I know we just mentioned leaked it, leak it, but she's singing about like really good things um, on her album. So I feel like. People should give it, give it a, a, a shot. Yeah, I, well, I feel like a lot of R and B artists now, they kind of just 
hover on the underground level, mm-hmm. um, which is perfectly fine because I feel like the way that we distribute music now doesn't necessarily always have to appear on a chart. You can have music that is appearing, you know, online through streaming services, through YouTube, XYZ to get to a wider audience versus the traditional methods. Um, so there's like that one group, which I don't know if you would even consider them R&B, but they have a very strong like sound. I believe it is flow. Yes. Yes. Would you consider that R&B or pop? I don't like them. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. They're not my cup of tea. They're not my cup of coffee. Um, I, I, I don't go with the flow. As, why, you know. why don't you like them? Um, They all sound alike. Well, isn't that part of, like, a girl group? No. no. Think about this. Uh, think about the key elements that make girl groups great. Um, For instance, Destiny's Child, right? Now, don't get me wrong. The girls of flow can sing. But we've heard it before. The runs that they do, I've heard it a million times. Um, but that's the element. They're trying to reinvoke that 90s type of sound. Yeah, but like, who's the original? Nobody, like in the 90s, that wasn't the case. If you listen to, you know, groups like Escape, TLC, um, Destiny's Child, they all kind of sound, they all had a signature vocal style, right? Um, with flow. They all really sound the same. Uh, and so I think that's my issue. As I was saying, you know, as I was saying earlier, other girl groups you have, even with like a, like a Danity Kane, right? They each had nice voices and you knew who it was. They wasn't trying to like do the same thing, you know, like, Everybody had their own lane and they stuck to it with flow. I feel like their music is really immature. So maybe maybe I don't like it because it's... And that's one of their songs. Immature? Yeah. Possibly. But damn, you said they immature? Their music. Like, I feel like their <laughs> music is meant for like, you got to be under 21 to kind of like vibe with them. Under 21? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So no... No. Okay. I don't like flow. I respect that. I respect that. You know, different strokes for different folks. I like, I mean, I will say that obviously they're younger than me. So their audience is probably, or who they're trying to pitch the music to is probably a younger audience as well. But, you know, I I like the vibes that it gives. It gives that 90s type type of feel. Next that we're trying to get into, I'm sure you've heard about Brett Favre. You know, the welfare queen. Yes. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, everyone. Because this is what they do. Mm -hmm. But, um, so when you say they, who are you referring to? (laughs) 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 Okay, just keep going. Okay, but let so to get into it, mm-hmm. so we can really, you know, really talk about guess what? Uh, so basically, there was a welfare fund that was for, I believe, lower income families or something of the sort, basically not for rich white motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he was taking money from that fund to build a volleyball stadium for his daughter. His his daughter played volleyball at I believe at Southern Mississippi. 
Yep. Um, yeah, so they were taking the money, right, trying to build that vol- was the Was the volleyball team any good? I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. I don't follow volleyball enough to know. Even if they was, there's still no need. He should definitely have never been doing that. Which um, I'm pretty sure he has his own money to be able to do that. As far as I know, rich people donate money to these type of organizations all the time. All so the, time. the fact that he was taking money from a fund that was specifically set up for something completely out of his range is messed up wholeheartedly. Like, you're supposed to, like, that money, those um, funds were um, meant to um, help individuals. And I think Mississippi is like one of the poorest states. Um, in the United States. Um, well, I don't. I'm not calling them people poor. No, the state. Oh, oh, yeah, the state. Not like, of course, people in Mississippi have money. You know, like I'm no fool, but the state. Okay. You know, I, I yeah. Why would you say that? Well, you know, I had to check you because I I could hear it. I didn't know box, but what I'm saying is, you know, it's. You know, as far as like poverty wise, it is one of the poorest states. Um, and instead of these th- those funds kind of going to where they're supposed to, you have a rich, several rich individuals. I won't even throw race into it because I mean, but you should. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, you I mean, have this rich white, like Brett Favre is a huge figure in. NFL world like he's one of the greats he he's considered one of the greats you know he's like a legendary quarterback um he played for Green Bay you know all of this have you no, no. okay yeah. but um I know this motherfucker could have lifted up his couch cushion and got that money for that damn stadium because that's probably chump change exactly he wouldn't have noticed but actually it has to be some type of I don't know if it's like some type of law against that like if you're the parent of Student athlete, no, can't. they do that yeah. all the time because that's and I'm not excusing it, yeah, because that's a lot. Of, I mean, wasn't there that whole scandal about uh, from was it Fuller House or something like that? Oh, damn, when she paid for her, yeah, to get, damn, that story just went away. It did, I think she went away too. Good, lock her up, lock her up, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, this is really messed up because then, even I believe after he received those funds, he then tried to get more funds. From that same pot of the welfare. So even though he was informed, there's text messages that were revealed where he was informed, hey, this is what this is for. You know, you're not supposed to be doing this, XYZ. You know, he was requesting more. Um, so I mean, everyone who's involved, lock them all up. Because this yes. is really messed up on so many levels. And the fact that uh, I feel like some some of the people included were actually arrested, except for him. He's one of the only people that have not been charged with anything which i'm not understanding yeah and if i feel like you know if this would have been anyone else just imagine if this was a a black man a mexican man or you know it would be all over the news it would be literally like the first thing you see on every single channel for it for this and, and i know that there's other things that's going on in the world but you have this prominent figure that basically assisted with stealing money from individuals who needed it. And I feel like more people should know this. And I hope it has changed. You know, if you're 
a fan of Brett Favre. With me growing up in Detroit, I always hated Green Bay, um, and I always knew he was a snake. Um, I always knew he was a gutter snipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I never trusted him. He just gives me MAGA like energy. Um, so I, I hope they lock him up. I hope, or at least that he gets charged with something that maybe he has to donate money to the fund, something. The fact he should not be able to walk away with this unscathed, even if he played a, more of an external part and he didn't actually take the money from the fund or who, you know, whatever the case is. But I, I feel like he should be, there should be some type of consequences there. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% um, there with you. I think this is the first time that we actually agree on something. No, no, we, we do it from time to time. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Blue moon. Speaking of blue moons, um, I don't know why I just said that. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, next yeah, the next thing we're talking about, go ahead. Well, apparently you informed me that um, Snoop Dogg is launching a breakfast line. Is that correct? Yes, he's wa- launching a breakfast line. Um, which includes some of the delicious items that you can find during breakfast time. Um, I believe it. So it started out, you know, Aunt Jemima, she got taken off the shelves. Mm-hmm. They had to put her away. And I think it's just like a meal now, a picture of a meal or no, something like that. It's, it's called the, I was going to say the mining mill, but that's not what it's called. Actually, I think that might be it. Yeah. The mining company. It's like something. No, the mining company is TMC. That's a clue. Okay. <laughs> It's called, I'm thinking the mining mill or mill mine. No, it's not the mining mill. Dude. It's something mining. or okay. it's, I don't know what it is. All I know is they, they tell her to go sit down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were upset about that. And I don't know if they changed it. I think it's the same recipe. Maybe they changed it something like that. I, you know, I, 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 I don't really eat. Why'd you look at me? I, I didn't eat. I did not look at you. You looked at me and you looked away. <laughs> you said, I don't really eat. But let me tell you, I do eat. It tastes the same. <laughs> She's still on the box. They just changed the name. Wait, let's, Which let's, I don't even fuck with Inch Mama like that. I never fuck with Inch Mama like that. I'm a Mrs. Buttersworth type of bitch. Okay. Like, you didn't like Mrs. Buttersworth? First of all, it's all corn syrup. It's That's corn fine. syrup and molasses. Give me real maple syrup. I know it's expensive. It is. You just. But you um, got the corn. Oh, no, no, baby. You, they, when you they, swipe they, the cilantro, they, you swipe it right on past two. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um. Yeah, so it, it, I fear that he, he made his own maple syrup, mm-hmm. which is along the same lines. And then he made his own cereal as well. Um, I don't know the name of the cereal. I think it's Chronic Crunch or something like that. But it's got like a little a little cute uh, animal on the front. And it has more marshmallows than what's normally suggested. He's also, I think, has like a grits as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I, I love it because obviously black people and making our own business, making our own spaces for things. I don't know too many black people that have their own breakfast line. Yeah, me either. I just wish that, you know, I believe he has, he's a very health conscious person. So I wish that he would have created also breakfast items that are a little more health conscious. I I don't think we need to feed kids more marshmallows. Yeah. I just feel like Snoopy high and we get he get high, he just be wanting to do anything. <laughs> I feel like he was high one day and was like, I want some pancakes. Wouldn't it be dope if I he like, yeah, nephew. Wouldn't it be dope if I had some? Like, I okay, I I salute you, Snoop. Um, if you ever hear this, send it over 
I'll review. I'll review because I love pancakes. I love syrup. Um, the cereal, I have to see the nutritional value because I'm trying to watch my figure. But I eat everything else. Yeah, send us a copy. We'll give an honest opinion um, about how good it is because I do like to eat on occasion and I do don't mind some pancakes. I think it's also some pancakes in there as well. So yeah, hook us up. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of the hookup, right? Um, we are going to jump into the word is. So this is kind of my favorite portion of our podcast because you know I love the Twitter. Um and Twitter for the last I want to say two weeks have been having this huge no Twitter forever has been having, um, has had a HBCU versus PWI debate, right? Um, So the HBCU, for those of you um, who do not know, they're historically black colleges and universities. Um, So you have some type like Howard, Morehouse, um, Paul Quinn, I believe is the one here um, in Dallas, or yeah, relatively close to Dallas. Um, What's mother? Clark Atlanta. I almost went to Clark Atlanta. Oh, really? Um, yeah, out of high school. I almost went there. But my mom was like, no, I know what you're trying to do. Right. <laughs> um, but you have, you know, there's uh, a lot more. No disrespect to the ones that I didn't list. Um, I feel like Texas Southern, definitely want to mention them. Oh, yes. They have a really cute, uh, I should say cute, a really nice um, uh, fraternity plots and stuff down there. Shout out to the Sigmas. Um yeah, so it's a bunch of, you know, um, historically black um, colleges and universities versus the PWIs, which is the predominantly white institution, which we graduated from the right. PWI, I think, in America, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but one of the really cool things is I wish I knew more about HBCUs coming out of high school. Um, because they have, like, this really cool culture at their football games. Um, and so they have, like, majorettes, right? Um, and so you see them on YouTube. You see, like, the dance styles, kind of like the J-setting um, dancers that's in. Um, and y'all, don't cancel me. Don't come for me. Don't don't kill me. I'm still learning about this. Like I said, I went to Arizona State. Um, please forgive me. Uh, but I was black as fuck at Arizona State. You like kind of have was. to be. Yeah. Like, I was like, look. <laughs> <laughs> the, but, yeah. Um, so, our Pac-12 rival, um, well, one of them, um, the University of Southern California, they had a young lady there who started her own majorette dance team. Right? And... Me looking at it, understanding it from this perspective. So there's been a lot of backlash. Let me say this. There's been a lot of backlash to this young lady. Um, I believe her name is Princess Lang. Ow, I love that name. Um, There's been a lot of backlash because they've been saying, you know, she basically hijacked HBC uh, U culture and took it to a PWI. Um, She hasn't come up with original dance content. She's basically just doing routines that others have you know, she's seen other schools do and she's done it there. Um, before I give my thoughts about it, what do you what do you think about that? Well, it, it's a complicated situation mm-hmm. because obviously being at a PWI, you want to kind of hold to your own, own identity. You don't, I mean, some people might be comfortable assimilating, but for some people it might be, I want to hold on to my identity and I want something that 
makes me feel comfort, makes me feel like home. So I don't know where she's from, but maybe that's something that she's seen uh, seen before or been around before, mm-hmm. and she wants to experience where she's at. Uh, now, as far as, like, I mean, I don't know too much, so I can't really speak as far as, like, the dances or, you know, mm-hmm. she's still in stuff X, Y, Z. Uh, maybe she should come up with her own dances. I don't know how that all works. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I It's complicated because... You know, you want something that makes you feel at home. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, speaking of that, um, there's a lot of people that I know that I follow on Twitter that I'm friends with that attended Jackson State. Um, so definitely want to give them a shout out because I believe this is where Jackson State is where the whole J setting um, was kind of like created, um, and it kind of like spread like wildfire. Fire, I have cauliflower on my mind, um, <laughs> but it's been like wildfire. Uh, um, you know, through the uh, remaining HBCU. So you, you see that. And, and I, I have to be honest, I attended several, um, you know, football games at ASU, Arizona State, because there is an ASU that's a part of HBCU. So I don't want to shout out to Alabama State. But, um, and I, I missed that. Like, I always longed for that, right? I longed to see, like, you know, yeah, I'm in this space. And I understand that, like, this was my choice. Like I, I decided to attend Arizona State University, but I always wanted to be authentically black there. Um, so I just wonder if um, Princess um, kind of felt the same. You know, like, yeah, I'm here at USC. Um, I know that this is a PWI, but here I am, I'm black. And I have a bunch of other black girls with me that, you know, we got rhythm, we have school spirit, we want to dance too, we want to bring and create a new atmosphere. And so I understand both arguments. I understand that people um, that attend HBCUs, like, no, we want to gatekeep this. We don't want this to go mainstream. We don't want it watered down. Um, we don't want, you know, and, and they want acknowledgement. I get that. But if I feel like if, uh, I shouldn't say but because that negates what I just said. Um, however, being at a PWI, I understand that sense of like, and I don't know about you, but you never like you at ASU in the crowd at a football game and you look up and all you just see is like specks of color, right? You never really feel like I have a bunch of people here with Right. Right. Um, So I can only imagine like the sense of pride that, you know, the Cardinal Divas of SC, which is the the dance group, uh, the name of the dance group. I can only see like the the sense of pride that they have, like they're bringing this to um, Southern California where there there is a lot of, you know, uh, people of color that attend school there. Um, So I understand both sides of um, the the argument. I just want to see how it play out, Um, because I think that what she's doing um, it's great what she brought to USC is great. And I'm interested to see if um, other, and I know there's plenty of dance groups. There's a dance group at ASU. Um, so I know there's other dance groups, but I'm interested in seeing if, you know, other schools kind of take heed and, and do the same thing. And maybe she is like a, a trendsetter for, you know, PWIs. Like I, I get it, but yeah, it was just an interesting topic. Um, but I really, really, really want them to uh, – I really want them to stop talking about, like, HBCUs versus PWIs. Um, take the whole 
you know, have you seen those conversations that's been a lot about that? I haven't seen too much, but I, I have heard a little bit when it first came out about the like us versus them yeah. type of. It's exhausting. Like, it's exhausting. Um, and I, I think, like, number one, we need to just celebrate that we all went there and got our education. Right. That's that's first and foremost. Um, but not everybody had, like, my, I wish I had known about HBCUs. I felt like when I was in high school, my guidance counselor just kind of, like, mentioned it, but she was more so pushing for, like, schools in state like here's where you can go yeah you know, those type of things so a lot of people they really didn't have you know we're from detroit there's there isn't an hbcu uh, actually there is an hbcu in detroit now that i think about it um, i'm gonna have to think of the name but there is one is it in detroit or michigan i think it's in detroit okay um yeah but we we just didn't know i think you would have to a little bit, you would have their prior knowledge because a lot of guidance counselors, unless it's in a predominantly black school, are just pushing you to go to college in general. Yeah. So it's not really like a, you know, that type of thing. But Lewis College of Business. Okay. It's HBCUs. The first and only HBCU. Um, it's kind of like just random. It's not like a really big school, but it's there. Um, but we really didn't know about you know hbcu so it's kind of was just like you know not cut us some slack but we went to school we went to a pwi some kids like nowadays they they know about both and they decided to you know maybe one university has the exact major that they're looking for maybe there's other you know scholarship opportunities there um but i i get why hbcu's like hey this is our shit you know? right you know i don't want to share this with y'all but I think the bigger thing is also like this is also a black woman that has done this. This is not yeah. Becky or you know Kayla Lee or anything like that. It is a black woman in this, and That's I think a cute name. no, it's not Kayla Lee. No, it's not. It's cute, Kayla Lee. Come here, Lee. No. <laughs> but like, I think, and I think everyone on the team is actually black as well, right? Yes. So it's and beautiful, black, beautiful, and, and they're black, beautiful well-rounded, representing. Um, I saw some people say, you know, maybe they was a little sloppy. I thought, I think if it's their first time going out, I, I don't know if this is the first performance or not, but this is like the first round, I believe, of them performing mm-hmm. or so. Um, it, you know, things may not be up to par with what people believe. They should be representing, and maybe that's why people have this little bit of anger behind it. But at, ultimately, at the core, it is a Black woman that created this. It, there are Black women all on the team. You have to provide a level of support there, even if you don't necessarily agree with the school, blah, blah, blah. There's that support just as a community to provide for them and to be able to protect them. Because I'm sure there's people at the school who are like, you know, fuck them girls. Yeah. So being able to come in as a community and surround them in protection and be like, yes, you guys are doing something that is powerful and impactful is important. Yes. And speaking of um, powerful and impactful... Um, I just want to say before we go on to our next topic, because we were talking about HBCUs, um, Fisk University, um, they added their first um, gymnastics team this year uh, full of beautiful black girls as well. So I just wanted to shout uh, them out. I believe they are Division Division One. Um, they're, so they're a D1 um, competitive uh, school. And I believe they're the first HBCU HBCU, 
excuse me, did I say that the first time? Yes. Okay. And I think that's pretty awesome when you yeah. think about it. I mean, we have always been a very, like, able-bodied people. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people, and, you know, you might have been at a cookout or somebody, and somebody's doing flips or some shit. For no reason. And I'm like, how the fuck you do like, that? Because you waiting on a hot dog to get Right. <laughs> and they, these motherfuckers just flipping. You know? I um, thought this was Power Rangers. So, yeah. So, shout out to them. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I I did that. And what had me um, think about it was just um, when you mentioned, you know, like, these are, are black girls. And I was like, oh, we didn't talk about that. Right. Because the first TikTok, it was like a girl. She had her bonnet on. They really? Like, she had her bonnet. Oh man, mm-hmm. I must have missed that. It was. I was like, "Look, black and she black was, and you know, flipping and tumbling and everything." Well, I don't know if she was doing all that. Oh, but I know her. The <laughs> body was on. It probably was. She was like, "Look, I, I got. I know we got practice right now. But I got class. Like, <laughs> like and I can't wait. This shit. She got her guys to be. Yeah, never, never mind. But I just absolutely like love that. Um, so I, I hope people, you know, more people embrace it. Um, the young lady that's at USC, uh, and I'm interested to see you know the growth and all of that. Right, and I'm interested to see where the gymnastic team goes as well because it looks like they have some pretty powerful contenders from the little short clip that I saw of them uh, practicing. Yes, and speaking of us against them, we're going to also get into Erica Banks. I'm sure you heard about that. <sighs> yes. Where she basically uploaded this little video online stating how she has to have a certain caliber of woman um, within her presence. And the list of items on on her requirements didn't have anything to do with integrity or, you know, yeah. honor or anything like that. It was just, you just got to be a bad bitch. You got to be, look this way, dress this way, blah, 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 blah. To be in her presence, be around her. She said, if you're not up to that par, you could still come to the cookout or the listening party, but you can't be in the club with her. And that was kind of disrespectful, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? I think like things like like superficial things like this always kind of like irritate me a little bit because um, cause I'm me, right? Like, I don't want to hang. Like, is that relationship even organic? Is it even real? Is that friendship even real? If like I'm only cool with you because you a bad bitch, right? Like I'm only cool with you because you look good. Like the optics look good. Um, that to me just screams like some type of insecurity. Um, I don't know Erica Banks well. I know she is from Texas. I don't want her to roll up on me um, in the street. I actually like enjoy some of her music, um, but that comment really was. I feel like every time Erica Banks be, she be on the rolls. It be like positive. People start like forget that you know. Um, the last thing. The last thing <laughs> she come out with something else. And she, you know, she has good music, and I do like a couple of like. I think she does the same thing that uh, Saweetie does, where yeah. it's like a throwback song. But every time she opens her mouth, it's always something goofy. It's something goofy. And yeah. I'm like, why? Why would you do this? Like, why would you have this whole superficial people? As you were saying, like people that don't even get along. Like, you're just there for aesthetics. You're just there for a photo, and you're wondering why you have so much strife. <laughs> Yeah. And so much issues within your friend group. That's because y'all not really friends. Yeah. And I really want her to stop putting her bang on her eyebrow. 
Like, it's not a bang. It's her baby hair. But it's a bang. Like, it's so far down. Like, it's so far down. That's a preteen. That's what that is. That's not a baby hair. <laughs> I don't, yeah. That, them hairs is, them hairs is going to work. <laughs> they got a nine to five. Like, they're trying to run off of her. Like, I really want her. Maybe that's her signature style, though. Maybe, maybe, but I know that, so there were a lot of comments, obviously, attacking her overall looks, which I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with, yeah. per se. Um, I will say that I know that she has kind of transitioned into her look that she has now mm-hmm. through a lot of, like, plastic surgery, this, this, and that, you know, so you could, I don't know if, I can't really say, because obviously I'm not a woman, blah, blah, blah. But, like, as a black woman that has maybe been on the other side and has transitioned to this level, you would think that you would have a certain understanding for black women across the board. Yeah. But it seems like for some people, once they get across a certain threshold, it's, like, ass up and nose up Yeah. type of type of deal. And I'm like, that's kind of shitty. Like, there's so many people, like Megan, I, was, I feel like Megan is such a, a good example of someone who, even though she's at a higher level... She's still a person at the core. And she's so nice to so many of her fans. She's not like, oh, you can't talk to me or look in my way, blah, 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 blah. Like, Megan started a whole movement with, like, the uh, who want to drive boat, you know? Right. Like, so I, I feel like, especially as a new, you're, she's a relatively new artist. These artists, they're not getting the same development as they was back in the day. Where's like, Matthew? That's what yeah, I mean. Like, we didn't know Whitney Houston was hood, hood like that. Until, like, we had to get, you know. Until Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby! <Bye-bye. laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was just, I didn't really like that. Um, I felt like there was um, a much better way that she could have. I don't think it was a better way that she could have said that. I, I feel like she should have, should not have. Yeah, honestly, like that. I mean, that's sometimes it's okay to to not you know to not say certain stuff. Just keep it to yourself, you know. And speaking of things that should not be said, I'm sure you've been following online. So Netflix has a, um, I don't know what you want to call it, a retelling or such and such a series about Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. who is a serial killer who um, targeted LGBT, black and brown, um, usually men, and, you know, obviously did what serial killers did. I haven't even actually watched the series, but I know about it. Um, Just being from the Midwest and, you know, just knowing that type of information. And online, I I don't know if it's because of Evan Peters, per se, because he's the actor that's in the role of Jeffrey Dahmer, or just people looking at older pictures of him. But... um, we need to get a spray bottle for the gays because yes. they are in heat. And it's sad. It's really sad. Um, I I did watch it um, by accident. It came on Netflix and I, me and uh, my partner just didn't stop watching it. Um, and I have to say, before I get into that, I really was torn about watching it and liking it. Because when it comes to stuff like this, I can never watch it and not, I can never watch these things and say like, oh, this is really good because I'm watching someone's trauma. I'm I'm watching someone, you know, 
they're basically peeling the, this wound back and retelling this story. And so I felt extremely bad for um, the families um, because I can I can only imagine what um, they're going through. However, the acting in this was amazing. And um, Evan Peters, who I, um, he plays crazy a little bit too well. Yeah, um, he definitely does. I, I really want him to, you know, like, I want him to kind of, like, take a vacation. I want him to chill on the island. And don't answer the phone for um, Ryan Murphy. Like, for no, a while. please don't. Give me, like, a rom-com like, or something yeah, like that. He needs, because he just, he just crazy. And I feel like he's going, you know, I shouldn't say that. But, but yeah, but um, Niecy Nash played... Jeffrey Dahmer's neighbor, um, Glenda Cleveland. Who I love. I love Niecy Nash. Yes. I love Niecy Nash. And she played the hell out of that role. Um, I have to do like research to see if there, because you know, with series, there's things that are added just for like entertainment value. So I want to just kind of like go back and make sure all the things that like kind of happened with her character actually did happen. Um, but she played an amazing role. Um, and I was just kind of looking at um, some of the things these people were saying online and like, oh, you know, if Jeffrey would have got my dumb ass, you know, like, said it. and I'm just like, how, how disrespectful <laughs> like, can you be? You know, like, 17... Uh, individual, and I can't even say men because um, two of them were, you know, 14. The yeah. other one was 19. You had 20-year-olds. You had these innocent lives that were in... They weren't even in the prime of their life. They were just starting. You had these people lose their lives to this monster, um, and you're online gushing about it. Right. Like, it's never that serious for a like... It's or to go viral. It's it's really not. Like, it's really, really honest not. And people are like, oh, it's just jokes. It's just Twitter. I'm like, this is not just Twitter. This is yeah. real life. This is something that happened. And that's why I, I kind of don't want to get into the series. Because I feel like it... I know it's not trying to. But in a small, small way, it's romanticizing what happened. Mm-hmm. And it makes people really forget that this is not a joke. This is not a ha 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 type of thing. This yeah. is actually something that happened. Uh, and there were several victims. I mean, some people were mutilated. Like, you know, like. Yes. Like, just just thinking about the pain that the those individuals must have felt, right? And then the pain that the family feels. And then, like, you're you're it's just like disrespectful of like the dead of people who unfortunately had their lives taken away by someone who was a monster and you're romanticizing and fetishizing this individual who is just like, are you crazy? And then they're not even cute. He wasn't cute. It wasn't. Well, you know why they write. Never is. But (laughs) even on the scale of white people, I mean, if it's a Henry Cavill, you might have a little bit of wiggle room. No, baby, this is like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's giving back alley. Excuse me, I said it's giving back alley. 
Like, he's, you know, like, it's giving, like, you know, Kentucky, like. It is. It's not giving, like, what you think. And I'm like, all these jokes are just so stupid. And it makes you look stupid. Yeah. For, like, five minutes of fame. Like, I know they say, like, any type of press is good press. Any type. But I just don't want to be known. I don't want to go viral that bad for saying something that insensitive. Um and damaging to people's families, right? Because it's almost as if the individuals, you know, when they, when you say things like, he would have got my dumb ass or like, I would have been dumb enough to go, it makes it seem like the people that were his victims were dumb. Right. Right? That's, like, the, that's the thing too. Like, you're really insulting the people who actually ended up getting hurt. And I mean, I know there was one victim who was actually, I believe, deaf, right? Mm-hmm. Who, um... That's, that's the saddest episode. Right, because there was a long time where he was really, you know, he had his guard up. And it's like, this man basically wooed him to be able to take advantage of him. Yeah, and and they were, um, I know you said you're going to watch it. So if if you do, there's like a long um, period of time where they were actually, I don't know if they were, if you can consider it dating, but they were, you know, seeing each other for a long period of time. Um, and I think that I think consensus, like majority of people, are kind of like, "Oh, that's the episode that just got me," because you have this person, and he uh, kind of mentions, um, you know, when is somebody gonna love, you know, him, and you know, with everything he has going on, and then for that to happen, for it to happen to all of them, and then it was like, you know, the fourteen-year-old who. Um, Jeffrey um, should have never been out of jail in the first freaking place because he sexually assaulted one of the the 14-year-olds. One of them sexually assaulted his brother beforehand, but the brother was able to get away. Um, And so it's just like, just, you know, just little stuff. Uh, It's it's one of those things where, like, just kind of think before, like, you speak. Everything, you know, I understand some people have a dark sense of humor. And I, I know some people are probably going to completely disagree with what we're saying because it's like, well, this has already happened. Nothing that hasn't been said already. And I, and I get that. I get the whole freedom of speech thing. But you don't have to be a dumbass, right? right. You don't have to be disrespectful about it. Um, and that's the only thing that... yeah, Especially when we're talking about in modern days where we have um, transgender individuals who are, you know, taken advantage of and killed in these type of situations. And a lot of people you know, don't get caught or, you know, you may not find the body. So, I mean, these things aren't necessarily, you know, not happening right now. There's a lot of LGBT youth that are, uh, that even happened in the eighties and stuff like that. So, I mean, this isn't something that happened a long time ago. This is happening in some aspects, even right now. So I'm like, it's not really a a joking matter, but what can you say? Right. (sighs) So I guess we're going to close this one out today. Right. Frank. Yeah, let's go ahead and close it out. Of course, we have our Would You Rather. So, um, I'm going to ask you, because I know this was a big thing on the last episode, and you tried to sweep it under the rug. But we're going to really get into that. So, without consequences, so we're talking about health and everything else that you could possibly worry about, would you rather eat sweet foods or salty foods for the rest of your life? Sweet. I don't even think about that one. Sweet foods for the rest of my life. That is nasty. Why Why sweet? Well, I'll let y'all in on a little secret about me. Um, I love honey. 
And I put honey on almost everything that I eat, I put honey on um, within reason, right? Like, I ain't putting honey on, like, my ice cream. That's a good idea. I mean, yeah, technically, it's sweet on sweet, so. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I do enjoy, I enjoy my honey. For instance, I put honey on my macaroni and cheese. I put honey on my um, rice. I put honey on my chicken, baked or fried or grilled. Um, I put honey on um, my hot dog buns. So I eat a hot dog. Like, I mm. love honey. A sweet glizzy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I I love honey, so I definitely would want sweet food, and I tend to go for like um, the sweeter like cereals and stuff like that. Like I enjoy those a little bit more. Um, so I just think sweet food is is good for you, not necessarily good for you, but I mean it's good for you. So I mean, so I guess in this question, we're talking about like everything you would have would end up being like sweet. Yes. So there would be no salt. Right. It would just be sweet. So I you would have the question. Oh, I understood the question. Okay, so that means you would have chicken, no seasoning on it, but you would just have honey. That's fine. So it'd be like almost like boiled chicken. I can use pepper. No, you can't because that pepper is not salt. But it's not. It's not sweet. Well, you didn't say seasoning. And we said sweet foods or salty. Pepper isn't salty. Sweet foods. So let's say you but would have you said like sweet or salty. Yes. Pepper doesn't fall anywhere. Just long story short, yes, I would eat the sweet food <laughs> over the salty food. I would want the salty food. So, like, I want my popcorn, my uh, cheese, uh, my dressings, my sauces, all that. that like, you know, get a little nice salty. Yes, mm. give it to me. Mm. Oh, pickles. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, I you know, like sugar, obviously is something that really helps with flavor. So a lot of things do require some type of sweetness to it, just like vice versa. Even things that are sweet may have a salt component to it to help balance. So those things balance each other, but I, I can't do just sweet for the rest of my life. It, it would not work out well for me, but yeah, I appreciate you and what you like. Yes, and you know, different shows for different folks. You are entitled to that. Um, I'm... I'm happy to like i just feel like but where are you gonna get some joy if all you like bitch is just salty food like i don't mind a little salt like okay you know salty chicken salty broccoli salty you are a salty bitch not you are kind of salty i get it i get it i get it and i'm a sweetheart which is why it makes complete sense right yes and on that note, we want to thank you all for listening to today's edition of uh, Road Dogs. Um, I am Janelle. Did we introduce ourselves? I don't think we did this episode, but please do. Let the people know. Yes, I am Janelle or just Janelle on all social media platforms. You can definitely follow me there. And this is my Road Dog, Amir. And... We are here as Roll Dogs, and this is our podcast. We will be having episodes coming next week and the week after. We're going to try to do this weekly as best as we can, but, you know, life gets you sometimes. Right. Amir is busy. I'm not. really busy. (laughs) He's busy for the dial. This motherfucker is busy. Let's talk about that. I am. I got a full schedule. I barely can fit this in. Oh, you better. 
I know, right? Because the listeners want to know. They do. <laughs> but we will be having social media up specifically for the podcast. So you'll be able to find us on Instagram as well as Twitter. And you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts now. Yay! As well as Anchor. We're going to be going on Spotify as well. So stay tuned. Our next episode will, will be coming out very shortly. And we will see you guys next week. See you all next week. Bye.